Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Dating Funnies. How is everyone today? So I gotta, I'm going to share a few things with you today. Some of it's going to be my thoughts of things that take place or have taken place. Maybe some suggestions that I've found to help me as I'm still trying to navigate through this crazy dating hookup culture. And maybe it'll help you, whatever your challenges are with trying to date and meet people. But I had to chuckle a little bit today. I got another call from the Talkify people, and they had somebody they thought would be a good match for me. So, of course, I was interested. Sure, let's meet. Met with the matchmaker, nice lady out of the L.A. area. We had a great conversation. She felt that the person that she had would be a great fit for me, and they even lived close to me. So she was excited. I was excited. And then I get an email a couple of days later, and darn, her client has already met someone, and then she's moving forward with the relationship with them. Good for them. But to me, it's like, okay, this is just another indication of my rotten luck as I keep trying to go through this and try to meet people. Not to say that we would have been a perfect match or we would have had a relationship, but it uh, you know, it just seems to be the norm. You know, At one moment, you have maybe three or four people interested, and then the next moment, you have nobody interested. I did, you know, I'm always bouncing around looking at new ways for me to look at this world and dating and stuff. One of the things I came up with, you guys may not be aware of this thing, but, you know, we've talked about it before, Sugar Daddy, Sugar Baby sites, and that's all about, you're supposed to, the new site now is leveling up. So someone that's in a better financial position, emotionally, physical position, can help someone that's not, and that person that's not, can level up to a different level of dating. Enjoy nicer things that maybe people in their own age group or their own economic group can't afford to do. You know, that's one way to have a relationship. And people try, but most of the people on those sites really just escorts. Or they, they say they want to be a sugar baby, but they really want money to even meet for a cup of coffee. It's crazy. But then I saw this thing, and you know, we've all t- heard about Uber and Instacart, DoorDash. Those are all great side hustle jobs, right? Well, I guess there's another side hustle out there that I found on the internet just probing around. It, had, it popped up on my phone. I thought, what's that article about? It says, not your average side hustle. Women are making thousands of dollars from what they call our pay picks. And they use social media to earn money from men who enjoy being financially exploited. Really? It says here that the men like the women to hurl insults, insults at them on social media. And the men are willing to pay the women. They won't even meet the women. Just pay them to do that for them. So it says, pay pigs are generally men who enjoy the humiliation of sending women money without getting anything in return. The pay pigs worship their fin doms, or what they're calling them, dominating women by paying them and gaining gratification from the exchange. It's a psychological fetish. Fin doms typically ask prospective pay pigs to initiate the relationship with a small tribute fee, after which the new fin sub is asked about kinks or triggers. She says she makes about $1,500 a week on average from her pay picks. Well, if you want a new business idea, there it is. I was 
joking around with my brother the day and said, hey, maybe I should make up a fake profile and be a woman and go work and try to get some pay pigs and I'll humiliate them and they can pay me money. It's like, wow, you know, if she's making 1500 bucks a week, that's six grand a month. And I can hurl insults at people I don't know and have them send me money. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's just amazing what's, what's out there. And the things that people try to do. So then I was also thinking, well, you know, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with the world? How can I, when I meet someone, I get fortunate enough to meet someone, should I change the questions I ask? Maybe I'm asking all the wrong questions. So I found another article that says 20 questions to ask on a first date. I'll read some of these to you, but I thought, well, they're kind of interesting questions. One would be, are you working toward any particular goals right now? Would you rather attend a workshop or a lecture? And what subject would it be on? Are you a morning person or a night owl? What's your favorite thing about the time of the day? If you could have an ideal meal, what would it be and who would you share it with? What's something that really annoys you? How would you describe your ideal job or hobby? Would you rather play Scrabble, Pictionary, or Charades, and why? I'll give you another one here. What's your perfect Saturday morning look like? I mean, some of these are kind of open-ended questions without someone feeling like they're being under an interview, right? How long you been married? How long you been divorced? How many kids do you have? What do you like to do besides hike and walks in the moonlight? I would go dig up 20 questions to ask on a first date. I'd Google that. Read the rest of them. Kind of get a little bit more information. If nothing else, my philosophy is I want to look at the world maybe at a different point of view. and Maybe that'll give me a different result. The other thing I want to talk about today is I'm trying to learn and grow as we meet people is there's these darn things they, out there that they call flags. Flags, flags, flags. There's green flags, there's pink flags, there's red flags. And I'm so confused with all the flags. I, mean, I got a saying that I've even hammered on my wall even firmer this time, and I've talked about it before on my previous podcast. People will reveal who they really are. And when they do, the problem we tend to have, and I specifically have a problem with it, and I obviously have some attachment style linked to it, is when people reveal who they are, we should believe them. That's who they are. So when you're starting to date someone and they're doing things that aren't appropriate, or they treat people a different way that normally you wouldn't treat them, that's who they are. And if they do that right as soon as you start dating them, then what, what's that gonna look like six months or a year from now? It's gonna get worse. So I thought, I pulled up this one article, 16 Green Flags to Look for a New Relationship from a Dating Coach. Trust me, I'm not a dating coach. But I thought I'd share some of these things with you. They define a red flag in dating refers to an early sign of an unhealthy relationship or a problematic partner. Whereas a green flag is a behavior of personal quality that indicates the person you're with will likely approach relationships in a healthy, mature, and generally desirable way in the future. Red flags call attention to issues. Green flags signal that you're safe to proceed. Goes on to say, at the same time, this is important for us to be able to recognize what healthy relationships look like too. That way we can start to move toward people who just display those healthy qualities from the get-go and be more likely to find ourselves in the kind of relationships that actually feel good. Signs that you're with someone who will probably make a great partner. So some of the things they talk about are the green flags. They listen well. They're comfortable about talking about their feelings. They have high self-awareness. 
they have empathy. How about that? I don't know if I said the word right now. They're engaged in the conversation. They're engaged in the initial meetup. They're engaged in the relationship as you progress forward. The relationship moves at a comfortable pace. Of course, in this hookup society, everybody wants to swipe right, meet, go get naked. But for a true healthy relationship, you know, it takes a little bit of time to really get to know someone, know that they're safe, that your friends like them, your family likes uh, who you're with. Uh, you know, a lady I was meeting with the other day in a, in a meetup group, she, she's all of a sudden getting these guys, they text back and forth, maybe have a, go out and have a drink or something, and then they start asking her for money. Hello? Really? That's just crazy. Who? Why would somebody ask somebody for money? I get it. People do it. They're willing to be vulnerable. So you want someone that will open up a little bit. Eh, not so much on the first time you meet. Of course not. In fact, I, after my past experience, I'd recommend this thing they call Gray Rock. Just give them a little bit of information. Don't spill your guts about every little thing about you because some people use that information to their benefit. They'll, they'll you know, there, there's people out there that use people once they have enough information about them. I, I've run into them a couple of times. It's, and it's pretty disgusting and pretty sad what they do. They know what they want. That's a big deal. It'd be really nice to, you know, and I get we're all evolving. What I want today might be different a month from now. But as we go, I think we start getting pretty clear of the type of person we want and what we're looking for. What we're trying to do is find out, get really clear of what their expectations are. So it says here, clarity is always a good thing in dating. Whether they know they're looking for something serious or they're only interested in casual dating, the point is that the person is clear about it. How about that open line of communication? We've talked about that before. They also care about what you want. It'd be, and they ask about it. And why wouldn't they? Because you may, you know, I had a lady a couple years ago, all, you know, she made a statement to me and said, I don't want a boyfriend. But she didn't bother to ask me what I wanted, and I didn't tell her what I wanted. And I was looking for a girlfriend. Two disconnects. I meet up with her a year later, and we get to talk, and we chat again. And when I told her that, she looked at me in stunned belief, and she said, well, you never told me that. I said, would have made a difference. Yeah, would have made a difference. And it, it kind of reminds me, I was going to play it for you folks, but I don't know if it'll play that well and you almost have to uh, see it. But I saw a TikTok video where a lady, and it could be a man, but it happened to be a lady in this case, and she was crying. And as she was crying, she was mad at herself because she would never date anyone that was under six feet tall. She wouldn't date anyone that wasn't like a business suit type person, white collar person. Now she started dating a guy that's the same height as her, five foot eight. They'd gone out on a couple dates. He paid for everything. He opened up the car door. He'd go up to the front door to pick her up and says, shooting her a text saying, hey, I'm here, or honking the horn. And he would, you know, make sure she sat first at the table. And then one day after date, she needed to stop and get some groceries and went with, and he offered to pay for the groceries. And she said, no. He offered to put away, uh, put the groceries in the car. And she said, oh, no, I can do that. He offered to take the cart back. No, I can do that. He tried to help her with the groceries and getting to the house. She's, oh no, I got it, I got it. And what she's crying about is she had been so used to no one helping, no one offering to help her, to where now it's foreign to her. And, and maybe she's had some experience in the past where people 
offered to help. She let them help. And they used and abused that kindness. And now she's fearful of putting her guard down and letting somebody in. Someone that, even when you're, when you start dating someone, I use the, the word, and it might be too much of a word, but it's like, I'm just trying to love on you. I'm just trying to show you how much I appreciate you. And that I really enjoy being with you. I want to show you that I'm kind. I'm trying to show you that uh, I want to be considerate towards you. And so she was crying. This, oh my gosh, all this time. I've been turning away people that were trying to treat me like this new guy is treating me. And I have to relearn how to let somebody love on me. Treat me nice. Be respectful. Listen to me. It's crazy. And that really struck home to me when I was listening to that, that TikTok video because I get it as a man. It's the same way. You know, we, we, get, we, are, we get beat up and kicked to the curb so many times that after a while, you don't want to put in the effort. You know, I'm kind of hanging out there trying to be at the, in the talk of five meetings, trying to be aware of people that might be interested. But, you know, after the last go-around, I've really lost interest. It's not that I've lost interest. I really want to meet someone, but oh my gosh, communication, being respectful, being honest, don't be deceitful, love on me, be kind to me, be honest, be transparent. It's such hard things to find. And, and they're and they're number nine here is they're kind and they're consistent. That's another thing. Show up, be consistent, be reliable, give people what you want. They'll, and hopefully they'll give it back. They treat other others well too. They have stability, meaning you can trust that they'll be consistent in how they treat you and how they approach various situations in life. Volatility and unpredictability, on the other hand, can be red flags. If you don't know how your partner will generally behave from moment to moment, you're going to struggle to feel safe in your relationship, both men and women. Says roller coaster romance makes for interesting movies, but in real life, comfort and balance are needed for a healthy relationship or love to flourish. They're easy to be around. They take active steps towards becoming better. It's important for a romantic partner to be able to recognize their own shortcomings and the areas they still need to grow, both as a partner and as a person. It's a green flag when someone can take feedback without getting defensive take responsibility for their actions and issues, and then actually take steps towards change. Values and words should translate into actions. And we've talked about it before. If the words and actions don't match, it's manipulation. They're trying to throw you off, trying to manipulate how you're going to respond to certain circumstances. They accommodate your needs. They take time to learn what it means to be a great partner to you, specifically. They take the time to understand what it, is, what, what it is you need from the relationship. They put forth their best effort to deliver and accommodate you. Likewise, they can recognize when they're not able to fully give you what you need, and they can communicate their boundaries and limits without making you feel needy or dramatic. You both have your own lives. Those are the green flags. Now, let's get into, where is my page here? On the pink flags. Pink, pink, pink. Where are the pink flags? Oh, I had them here somewhere. And it was one of the things I printed up. Oh my gosh, there's all these different colors out here. So, what is this one here? It says, everyone's heard of relationship red flags, but much overlooked are relationship pink flags. Where something weird you've picked up on could be a big deal. Or might be completely fine. 
based upon specific context. So here's some maybe deal breakers. You either have no pictures together or the only one taking the pictures. Tell you what, my, uh, one year at Christmas, uh, my in-laws, my son and his wife, they had me take pictures of them with the grandkid. And first my son, his wife, and then a picture of all of them together, and a picture of the other grandparents and the grandson, and no one offered to take my picture, you know, let, take my picture with the grandson. They all got up and went off to the kitchen. Wow. Makes you feel like shit, like you're not important. He's not big on PDA or touchiness in general. Why it's a pink flag. People take time to warm up to each other. Plus, a guy clutching your hand and kissing you every two seconds while you're talking to your friends is way more annoying in reality. But more than that, people have different ways of expressing affection. And he might just be the type who will cook you a surprise mac and cheese dinner to show he cares. In any case, it's all part of a bigger talk. Oh, that communication piece again. To have about what your needs are. And yes, you absolutely can want both hugs and food as tokens of love. Of course. You know, I dated a lady for a couple of years. She never once offered to make me dinner at her home. And when she finally did, I jumped right in and helped her cook, helped her clean up dishes. She was shocked. What are you doing? I said, I'm helping out. The sooner we can do this together and work together on this, the sooner we go do something for fun. So foreign to her. You're not having baller, subtly brag about it, brunch it sex right away. Why it's a pink flag. Honestly, guys who are completely uninhibited the first few times they sleep with you might be like that for a reason. Just like women. They do it all the time. With other women, they are also like super into to so crazy. So if he's slightly into pleasing you down north and it's challenging for him, it may not be the worst. It might be a good thing. It could be a red flag if he never wants to do it. Yeah, I get that for sure. You know, you've got to have a discussion to talk about that. You're not as physical as you need to be. It's a cultural troop that we haven't had sex in a while. And it's a relationship kiss to death. I agree. Everyone wants to be intimate. Just some level. And if you don't have intimacy when you're dating someone, yeah, after a while, you're going to be disinterested in the relationship. So you got to pay attention to that. Hey, what's the one I'm looking at? You're almost never fight. Yeah, you could be in the cliche honeymoon period, or you may be, you just don't consider OMG, you seriously made us 20 minutes late because you had to fix your winged eyeliner, and now we have to wait two hours for brunch to be a real fight when it's resolved in two seconds. When it's a red flag, when there's a clear pattern of him throwing empty lines like, you're right, I'm so sorry, baby, you're way just to move on quickly and then pull the same garbage next week. Whatever that means. Another kind of uh, pink flag, you have kind of a different lifestyle habits. Yeah, if you're a night person, they're a morning person, that could be a green uh, pink flag. Most of your dates involve watching TV. Yeah, you go out and do stuff. Let's go have fun. Sitting and watching TV. I mean, I get it every now and cook dinner, a glass of wine, whatever. Watch a Netflix movie you both want. But all the time, yeah, it's a problem. He's close with his ex. You know, I'm friendly with my ex, but we've been divorced for 20-plus years. But I'm not close with her. And they shouldn't be close with them either. I heard someone complain the other day about how somebody said they didn't want to date him because they're still still new after their divorce. They're still really close friends with their ex. Well, that could be problematic when you're trying to date someone. Why why should I have to compete with your ex-husband? Why should I have to compete with your deceased husband? 
you know, you're married for 35 years, they die, and then you're back out trying to date two or three months after they passed on. You're kidding yourself. You know, I'd be competing against him all the time. I'm never going to measure up the way you had before. So, need time to heal. He has some annoying friends. Eh, could be a pink flag. You need to share with him some of the things that his friends do or her friends do that might annoy you and have that conversation. Your parents don't like him. Your kids don't like them. They're bad at long text convos. This is interesting because I, I sometimes I get caught up in my text messages and trying to spew it out, but I guess I got to keep them short. Why it's a pink flag. 30 years ago, this problem couldn't exist. Some people are just not consistent texters or chatters, either because of their job or the fact that they really prefer one-on-one -on -one interaction over the anxiety of choosing a non-basic emoji. When it's a red flag, when you finally do hang one-on-one -on -one and he's on his phone, delete his number and run. Exactly. You go meet somebody, you're on a date, and they're always on their phone, that, that, that's a lack of respect. You don't need that. People can put their phones away for a bit. You know, also, if you hide your, they hide the phone, that's a problem, right? Instead, I've seen a few of those TikTok things where the phone's ringing, the guy is busy doing something, and he says, hey, would you mind picking that up and see who's calling me? Or or they say, hey, uh, someone just texted you. Well, yeah, could you see who it is and what they have to say? And they, they just look dumbfounded. It's like, oh my gosh, really? They want me to go ahead and read the text message? They want me to answer the phone how you know how uncommon is that you talk about someone that's got nothing to hide man or a woman that says yeah go ahead and pick up my text see who it is hey text him back dumb i'm busy doing this and this that's i think that's huge that's a huge green flag what are red flags i know a lot of you guys probably know all this stuff i'm just relearning it because i'm trying to sort my head out kind of trying to i mean i get excited when people are excited about me I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, finally I get to meet someone. I like them. They, they like me. I get to go to concerts with someone. I get to go to ball games with someone. I get to go play golf with someone. I get to cook a meal with someone and hang out watching Netflix. But I'm so anxious and excited that, I, you know, they reveal who they are. I kind of see it, kind of hear it. I don't believe it. I give them another chance. I don't believe it. I give them another chance. The next thing you know, yeah, I get butthurt when all of a sudden it falls apart. But yet if I would have paid attention, and I'm not trying to be on guard all the time, but people do reveal themselves. And I've kind of gotten away from that because I want to be with somebody, like all of us do, you know. So I've got to get more in tune with at least paying attention to some of the nuances, how they treat others, how they communicate with me. Are they, are they love bombing me? Are they going over the top? I mean, it's one thing somebody shows up and I might say, wow, you look great. That's a great dress on you, great color. That's a nice compliment. But if I go on and on and on and continually just send them all these words of affirmations, the next time I see them, I do the same thing. Well, that would, that would be love bombing. I mean, I, I just barely know them, but I at least want to tell them and show them I appreciate the effort they put into getting ready for the date whatever you know says here red flags imagine that are warning signs that indicate unhealthy or manipulative behavior and that's what i fell into in the last two mad at myself more than anything else that allowed that to happen to me red flags can be signs of narcissism hopefully i pronounced that okay aggression victimization or even abusive behavior by becoming aware of some common red flags you can avoid getting involved in a toxic relationship when you encounter relationship red flags, it's a good time to pause, reflect on the dynamic you really share with that person. 
Often toxic behavior is subtle. It creeps up to us in moments of weakness, and we cannot fight against it. It can get control over our lives. So it's knowing how to identify red, red flags in a relationship is extremely important. As I found out, I'm sure all of you found out too. One, overly controlling behavior. Yeah, that's, that's a challenge. Lack of trust. <laughs> trust is, is an important foundation of all relationships with your parents, with your siblings, with your kids, your grandkids, your co-workers. Trust. People need to know that they can count on you. They know what's real. We all have doubts sometimes, but they shouldn't stop us from trusting the people in our lives to do the right thing. Healthy relationships require trust on both sides. If they feel low self-esteem, it's okay to be down every now and then, but if you have to build them up all the time to make them feel whole, that's going to wear you down. That's a huge red flag. When you love someone, you're committed to supporting and uplifting them. If you do not feel that support from your partner, family, or friends, something needs to change. You need to let them know that that's not acceptable. Physical, emotional, or mental abuse. Nobody ever has the right to use you as a scapegoat for their own problems. Those should be dealt with constructively and fairly. Abuse is never acceptable response to a problem. And that's when they deflect, when they project. You know, one of the things I heard is, you know, when people accuse you of doing something you know you're not doing, you know, that's called projection. People project on others what they don't like about themselves. Narcissistic people do that all the time. They'll gaslight you and make you feel stupid for even asking the question. They'll never answer the question. They leave you on read. They don't answer the questions. They disrespect people all the time. So how much are we willing to put up with it? Substance abuse. I mean, to me, that's a huge no, 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 no. I grew up in a family of drug users, alcohol users. No, I can't do it. Oh, and here it is, number six. Narcissistic personality disorder is a mental condition. Narcissists believe that the word world revolves around them. And if anybody threatens this belief, turmoil and chaos tend to follow. I dated a lady many years ago. I met was drawing a circle in the air and I say, hey, you know what? What you need to know is the world doesn't revolve around you. I look back on that relationship and her name is attached to this word, narcissism. So is this last person. And I didn't really see it until I started putting together some of the statements she made. Oh my gosh, she's gaslighting me. I didn't accuse her of anything. I just kind of, hey, you know, we need to chat about this, something I feel uncomfortable about this and that. Instead, she attacked me. I did nothing that would betray what we have here, only to find out that she was betraying me from day one. She was lying about everything. says here that being emotionally involved with a narcissistic person, which is an ego-driven person, can be exhausting and traumatizing. Their needs will always be considered more important than yours. It's a terrible dynamic to get involved with. I can assure you that. When that lady I dated many years ago, after we finally went our separate ways, it took me almost two years to recover from that. I couldn't figure out why. My friends couldn't figure out why either. Because I'm, you know, I'm a take charge type of guy. I'm a, I'm an alpha male. And yet I let that thing kick me in the butt. As I did recently, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm still angry that they treated me this way. And I'm angry at myself for allowing myself to be treated that way. If they have anger management issues, they're codependent on anyone. Codependency or relationship addiction happens when two people rely on each other exclusively for emotional, psychological, and even physical support. Thank goodness I got TikTok now. That's where I get my emotional support. I agree. I mean, I always reach out to friends and some family members and say, Hey, God, did I look at this thing wrong? 
did I make this assumption wrong? Should I have said this versus that? I mean, I talk to my brother about this all the time, another friend of mine, a couple of coworkers I chat with about, so that I can get a real clear picture. Do I have my head screwed on right? People that avoid conflict may think they're protect, protecting the relationship, but they're not. As uncomfortable as it can be, embracing constructive conflict is a crucial element of all relationships. So without productive conflict, serious matters can never be resolved. And of course, there's no room for constant jealousy. Gaslighting, just talked about. Gaslighting is a common tactic of manipulation. It's a form of an emotional abuse in which the manipulator will make you question your own sanity or judgments. Victims of gaslighting are made to feel guilty regardless whether or not they did anything wrong. Gaslighting is a clear flag, red flag in any relationship. Emotional intelligence is the ability to perceive and manage emotions. People with a low level of emotional intelligence are unable to pick up on your feelings or empathize with you. This often results in unnecessary conflicts of forms of manipulation. They're negatively affecting your relationship with family and friends. Oh, uh oh, now they got yellow flags. Darn it. I thought we all had green, pink, and red. Now there's a yellow flag. Yellow flags are similar to red flags, only slightly less severe. A red flag is a, is a clear warning sign. In contrast, yellow flags indicate a problem area that needs to be addressed. They are bound to be imperfections in areas for improvement in any relationship. And I agree with that. However, no relationship should cause more harm than good. I believe in that too. Yellow flags are signals that point towards patterns or behaviors that need to be shifted in order for the relationship to flourish. I would encourage you to you know, acknowledge your own needs, communicate with whoever, your friends, family, people you're dating, avoid being overly emotional, be honest with yourself and your needs, set boundaries. Setting boundaries is one of the most important parts of healthy human connection. Know when to leave. That's always a tough one, isn't it? Not all relationships are meant to last. While this can be difficult truth to accept, understanding the importance of leaving a destructive relationship is the ultimate act of self-care. Something I'm still learning. You can't reach your full potential if you're stuck in a relationship that drains your energy and prevents you from growing. Doing your best or finding joy. Have the courage to cut ties with toxic individuals and focus instead of repairing your relationship with yourself. And we talked about gray rocking, another term of how to not give people so much information so quickly up front. So... Let's remember this. Toxic relationships can be a vacuum for, of your energy and happiness. But there's ways to learn how to handle all that. So hopefully me reading a lot of this today will help you. That too, I would look up red flags, what to look, look out for in your relationship. 16 green flags. I'd pull that up. And of course, if you've got an interest to be uh, a fin dom and make extra money, by attracting pay pigs. There you go. I just gave you a good money-making opportunity. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I just thought I had to share. I was kind of all these flags coming at you. Flags, flags, flags. Anyway, thanks for listening. I know it's a longer podcast than normal. I know I'm kind of burying my soul here a little bit. I'm hoping that you know, over time I'll dab my feet back out there, meet more people, interact. I went to a meetup last week. Kind of interesting listening to these people. There's actually five women there, myself. A bunch of men were supposed to show up, but they didn't. But to, to listen to them and chat about dating, 
And of course, I couldn't resist. I had to pipe up and say, well, hey, look, you know, we men, we have these same challenges. We have this challenge and that challenge. And they were kind of shocked because they were only seeing it from how they see the world. I get it. And I only see the world how I see it. So, you know, I hope you're having fun dating or having fun during your summer and not dating. I'm going to kind of pause and just take a break from all that do my thing and handle my business stuff and as stories come along the way that I think will be fun or funny to share with you certainly I'll do that even if they're not even my stories so again if you have a story that you wish to share you have a comment about my podcast good bad or indifferent feel free to email me it's datingfunnies d-a-t-i-n-g-f-u-n-n-i-e-s at gmail.com be more than happy to uh, share your story and your thoughts on my podcast Again, thanks for listening. Hope you're having a great summer. And I'll be back probably in another week or two or maybe soon. Take care.